Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. everything from the year it's like there's so much going on and it's just finally catching up or like it caught up but now yeah. it's rather than a new normal it's like a new beginning almost yeah I, I would so. say that's extremely similar to what I was feeling I was feeling that burnout really really hard in December and January and I mm-hmm. I paused for a good two weeks I was like we're good our clients are good I'm good well I'm not good like I need <laughs> to be good yeah um and I took some time off where I like literally became a couch barnacle mm-hmm. and I binge watched all of the shows which I never Perfect. I don't really watch tv that much yeah um but it was that I was I did a post on this where it's like I'm really good at rest and I'm really good at work. It's the, the wind down that's mm-hmm. hard and the ramp up mm-hmm. is hard. But like once yeah. I've clicked in, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I definitely burn myself out, but I don't feel like I do because I'm not like a type A overachiever, but I am mentally, like I hold myself up to that standard. Yeah. So then I'm always just telling myself how not great, you know, like, oh, it's all just BS anyway. Like, that's why I love your imposter syndrome. Yeah. Because I was like, ooh, good. Let's talk about that because Mm -hmm. social media is such a world of that. So Comparison, right? Yes. Why are you passionate about what you do? I'm passionate about what I do in the social media space uh, in particular because I help people tell their story in a micro moment. So taking a long journey and simplifying it into those little consumable bite-sized pieces really makes me feel joy because again, on social, it's just an extension of who we are in real life or should be, should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the ability to do that for clients where they feel, um, maybe pressure to sound a certain way or not own their origin story. And like, that's what I love what you're doing, right? Is like, you're like, own it, own it. <laughs> um, so that's why I'm, I'm passionate about that. And I've always been a writer. So I, I love writing and creating that brand voice for people. I, um yeah, the, I should give you a formal now that we're sort of face to face, a public Thank you because I've been doing more with my social media because I follow you and you're always like, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I'm like, I'm scared. I'll talk in front <laughs> of a group. The reels, but- the reels right now, my friend, three times the amount of engagement, the normal posts. So yeah, yeah, it's been a good outlet that. and, and there's a ton that people can do with it if they just show up for themselves and their audience. Mm. Yeah. So let's, jive in to imposter syndrome, because I know that that's something that is fascinating for you. And it's fascinating for me. And that's why I always like to, you know, talk about the stuff that no one talks about. And it's like, everyone thinks me being the, um, someone who, you know, shares their stuff and embarrasses themselves or has a high tolerance for embarrassment. I think sometimes people look at me and think like, well, I'm not like you. And I'm like, I'm embarrassed. I have shame hangovers all the time. I post stuff and I like ask my husband and he's like, just post it. Don't overthink it. Then the one time I don't overthink it. Someone was like, 
oh my gosh, I was freaking out when I saw that. I'm like, ah, so I'm always, you know, I have to fight those same inner thoughts. Yeah. So, um, and that's why I wanted to start out with like a thank you to you because I'm having those thoughts. But when you keep seeing people that are like, just do it, just do it, just do it. It kind of helps you move that needle to get out of the, out of the gate. So let's explore that. Yeah. Tell me about this whole, and your journey. I want to hear your journey with imposter syndrome, because I know you have a background in dance and teaching and whatnot. And that whole world knowing, you know, my kids have been in it, friends in it. It's like, you know. There's just a lot there to unpack. So I want to hear your, your journey with that. I know it's like, I'm like, where to even start? Um, I think for me, I didn't have it so much when I was younger in the dance world, because I think the environment that the studio that I grew up in and now teach at, like continues to have a level of culture that is accepting of everyone and anyone, which I don't think you see a lot, at least in the media when it comes to the dance world. Right. Um, And you see it like, you know, we would go and travel on competitions and you would be like, Oh my gosh, like they're amazing. Like I'm not like that. But at the same time, I, I took that as an opportunity to dive into my strengths. Like I was not the girl that could like extend her foot to her ear That was not me. That was the person that I was typically next to in the formations. I thrived in the performance aspect of dance, right? The smiling, the expression, the energy, all of that made up for my lack of ability of putting my foot by my head. So I leaned into those strengths. I listened to my teachers and I couldn't change my body. Like I couldn't be like, no stretching in the world was going to get my leg to my face. Like that was never going to happen because of just how my body was constructed. Right. And, um, I leaned into the performance. I leaned into the creative side. So the choreography side, um, and I thrived there. I took notes. I still do. I like draw like formations. Like I'm a football coach, like on my pad of paper, but how that translate into the business world for me is I don't even know if I knew what imposter syndrome was until I actually heard it defined. Like I had these feelings of like, well, I've been working on this project for the same amount of time and this person's here and I'm not. So it's this like imposter syndrome meets comparison and that like over analysis Mm -hmm. and feeling like I'm not good enough or like that, you know, social media and, you know, right. Is very subjective, like very subjective. And you could say, you know, promise all the things in the world, but then you would be doing your client a disservice, which is why as a marketer, like we sometimes get a bad name because like people over promise and under deliver. And like, I like to keep it real. Yeah. <laughs> Unintended. But, um, um, love it. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things where you just have to lean into your expertise, trust in the experience that you've gone to along the way. And just honestly mute the people that make you feel like crap. Honestly. That is the biggest secret. Like I've told, I, a few years ago started unfollowing people. And the biggest <laughs> advice that I like give is that everyone always thinks it's obvious to unfollow like the negative people, the ones who are, you know, writing the stuff that makes you angry. But I was like, the secret is not just those people. It's the meh people, the people whose posts you see and, and you're just meh about. I was like, that's who you like, that's the part where social media for me in the last few months, like, I don't mind going to visit there because I just, and it's nothing personal to anyone, you know, Um, but it's just, 
I just feel like we live in such a, like everything's black and white, like it's over here or it's over here, you know? So you mm-hmm. think, oh, I got to cut out the bad. I'm like, no, it's actually, you don't realize how much like the meh people drain you. So it's like, if it's not filling your cup and bringing you joy, then you have to cut those people out. And like I said, it's not negative. You're not cutting them out of your life forever. It's just, I don't need to see a no, lot of it's that. noise. It's noise yeah. that like steeps into your psyche that it doesn't need to be there. Like there's enough going on in the world that like, you don't need that comparison, you know, and I'm like very guilty of this. Like I, I was in a mastermind several years ago and out of the mastermind, this one person is absolutely crushing it. I mean, and when I say crushing it, like her group has over 35,000 members in it, like crushing it. And this has been like maybe three years. She's written a book. She has a team, like all of these things. Right. Yeah we started at the same level. My idea didn't work, right? Like I tried it, just wasn't the right fit at the right time. Mm -hmm. And hers was, okay? But I beat myself up about that for so long Mm -hmm. until I don't know what, like flip the switch. I unfollowed her for a little while, to be honest. Yeah, and and that's okay. Yeah. And something flipped. And I was like, you know, I need to be her cheerleader. Like, I don't need to be like wallowing in woe is me. And like, I've shifted and I've pivoted and I'm growing and, and I have a completely different business model than she does. Right. And it proves like that different things can work for different people and that we all don't need to be cookie cutters Mm -hmm. of what we think works or what the market says works. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. So lots of like work was done internally yeah. to make that a, an even playing field and having me be For a sure. cheerleader rather than like a bitter Betty about the whole thing. For sure. I have that like from my past, um, you know, with work, people that start the same time or after you and they grow higher. And it's like, I knew that there was stuff being worked out in me that would be worth it in the long run. But it's just hard when you're in that season and things like that. And that's why for me too, always reminding myself. And then of course, just when I'm talking, it's always, everything's always so much bigger than the thing. Like I talk, um, we did a series on the thing is not the thing, you know? So if you think the thing is, why haven't I grown my business? Like, that's really not what it's about. There was probably some internal stuff that needed to get worked out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know um, a lot of the coaches that I talk to, we always talk about like those negative feelings are, you know, the opportunity to like dig deeper and work on stuff. And so I feel like the rest is like gravy. You know what I mean? Like your business, like you say, you do there's all these stories of people who do it differently than someone else does it. And they flourish because they're staying true to themselves. And it's like, we spend so much time, I feel like with image and social media, kind of painting this picture of who we think we should be. And then people like you come around and it's like, no, like dig, it's like chiseling away. Like, no, let's find the real you in there, not the public version. Yeah. Or what, or the copycat of Mm -hmm. that person who, you know, like, we have to be ourselves and you, we all have to stop comparing ourselves to someone that's literally like seven levels above, like they've been on social media for mm-hmm. four times as long. They've had a business for four times as long as you've been in business. And yet you're like, I want to be that person. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But you have to start here, right? Like you mm-hmm. have to start from ground zero. You have to start with everyone starts with zero followers, right? And zero reach, like zero everything. And it's easy to look at the highlight reel of someone that's been in business for, you know, seven plus years and you've been in business for one and being like, I'm not there yet. 
Yeah. You're not supposed to be there yet. And to your point. And, yeah. And even journey, if someone knew. Yeah. And if, and if someone knew, I remember what I feel like I learned before, but you're, I'm still obviously processing and relearning is even if someone starts new and grows so much faster, we don't know the growth and the work that they did before it. So we might say, oh, they've only been doing this and they blew up. Well, we don't know their life experience and their journey. So once again, we can never compare yeah. one or the other. So when you were talking about muting the noise, one thing that I regret, and like, this is a whole rabbit hole that I'm not going to go out down because like kids on the social media, and if we should post their pictures like that, it's very stressful, Mm -hmm. but I don't have baby books for my kids. And I just posted some stuff to Facebook once in a blue moon. And I didn't post a lot. One, just because I didn't on my own, but I would be lying if I said it wasn't also an insecurity of seeing the people that are like, uh, everyone's posting pictures of their kids, you know, cause when you're in that age range and where oh, yeah. people start doing that, the people who aren't, if they're vocal and then I'm like trying to be sensitive to everyone. And I just look back, like how many people was I reading their posts about that kind of thing? And they weren't even my people. And now I'm like, I don't get those fun memories of my kids at like six months old. Cause I don't yeah. have a baby book. I don't know where those pictures are but they probably shouldn't even be on the internet. That's what I mean. It's like a whole other freaking rabbit hole. Yeah, not gonna whole go down. rabbit hole. But yeah. the point is I'm like, dang, I was, you know, letting people who have no value in my life other than, you know, being a human being, which is great. But like, why? And now I don't have any of those fun little memories to repost. So Yeah, I, and this is kind of like taken out of a different context, but like, you're not responsible for anyone else's reaction to your photos. Just like you're not responsible for anyone's time boundaries or boundaries in general. And I heard that from someone, I'm not taking credit for any of that. I heard that um, from a therapist on, on, uh, on Instagram uh, yeah. that she was like, a lot of them. yeah, you know, like if you want to message someone, or if you want to put out a picture, like you're not, you, you're not, re- especially on a personal level, like you're not yeah. responsible for how people take that. Or if you want to send a message to your team member at 11 PM, because that's when you are most in flow do that and then have it be up to your team to respond when Mm -hmm. it's their time. Yeah. Like, and that's something that I've been challenged with too, is just like, I'm very in flow at six in the morning. Mm -hmm. I don't expect my team to be up at 6am replying back to my messages or my task list. Like that's not a thing, but I told them, I was like, I respect your time. So however you work best, that's what's going to make this work well. So, but yeah, I set up a, Yeah. I set up a separate Instagram for my family. So like, I don't have um, children yet, but I know Mm -hmm. that's probably down the pipeline. And I was, and my husband's not a big Instagram. (laughs) He's not an an Instagram husband. Like (laughs) he's just not um, into it. And I set up a separate account. It's private, but to your point, like it'll be for family. It'll be to get those little like books that people like take your Instagram and like make it like a memory book. So um, I'm excited about that, idea. but yeah. yeah, if I could turn back time, yeah, girl, I would do. <laughs> yeah. So you bring up a great point about boundaries. Cause I love the reminder about we're not responsible for other people. And I know for me, like showing up, I'm trying to show up with more of my personality online. Cause I've always felt more comfortable in person. Like you put me in front of a group because then I can like read the crowd and I can like tell a joke that might, you know, like little whatever. And then I can tell is, are they feeling it? Are they not? I'm going to pull back. And social media for me has been so scary because, okay, I'm going to put my 
personality out there, but I already know that not everyone's for everyone, which means like not everyone's going to like me. Therefore I have to work on that inner people pleaser. Um, So with, with all that being said, you want, you know, we talk about imposter syndrome, not comparing ourselves. Okay. Well then we get over, you know, we're just pushing through, we're putting ourselves out there, but then we put ourselves out there. So how, what are some boundaries? Like what are your go-to kind of things to protect our mental health and well-being as we put ourselves out there more? Yeah. So I think it starts with, if we're talking about social. So the first thing on social is I carve out, this is going to sound super type A, um, but I carve out time every single day, like 30 minutes to an hour a day where I'm working on my social media channels. And that means engaging and posting. Um, yeah, like I have to be really rigid and I also have to communicate that inside my home. So, cause social media low key is addicting, right? Like it is like, I'm on it constantly for work and life and things. And so it's that's, natural. That's to why I haven't gotten TikTok yet. Cause I'm like, reels are bad enough. If I had TikTok to the mix, I will never get anything done. Cause I love those funny videos. Like, yeah. I had to delete TikTok off my phone for a little while to be fair. Like, cause that's like the perfect storm of a social network for me because it's like dance meets clever meets social. It's like the perfect storm. And I was like, I was spending, I looked at my screen time on my phone and I was like, Mm-mm, no ma'am. And I had to get myself in check. And I told my husband, I was like, we need to like, put my phone in jail or like, you just need to be like, Hey, put the phone down. Um, Back away slowly. Yeah. The phone from the TikToks. Um, So that's one boundary is I just carve out that specific time. Another thing that I've been doing, which people either love or they hate um, is on my inbox. I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to be less reactionary in my responses. Mm -hmm. I've been, I'm very quick to respond a lot of the time. Um, but I need, I need time to like do my creative work. And I can't do that if I'm, if I'm in my inbox 24 yeah. seven. Um, so I put out, I have a permanent out of office on there. That's like, mm. Hey, I'm busy helping clients. I really, you know, look forward to speaking with you. Here's a way to get in touch with me. If you know, if this is urgent, you know how to get in touch. It, very short, very simple. Yeah. And you know, it helps me at least be less reactionary mm-hmm. and some people either love it or some people hate it. I've heard, you know, a few people are like, I'm swiping this and stealing it and putting it in my out of office because I need boundaries in 2021 yeah. uh, and beyond. So, yeah. yeah. It's funny, the automatic replies. I may have told this story before, so apologize if anyone has heard it, but you haven't heard it. Um, I remember when I was in college, I was doing Mary Kay in college, and I remember I got an email from one of my team members asking uh, like a, a stressful question. And, you know, email, I had just, I was in college at the time when ethernet came out. And so we were connected all the time. My, my desktop, you know, was connected Mm -hmm. all the time. And I remember being on my phone with my director, who was probably about 15 years older than me or so, give or take. And so I was like, you know, this girl just asked me this question and I have to respond to her. And she's like, no, you can wait. Like, you know, that's an answer she can find herself and, if you give her the opportunity to find it, you know, you, you'll definitely follow up and be responsible, but like 
you don't need to do it right this minute. And I just remember it was such like a generational conversation where I was like, mm-hmm. no, it's email. It has to be now. And just her talking me off the ledge. And I, oh, I remember that to this day because I think about it same with texting. Cause then when texting came out, it was like, well, okay, email can wait. But if I get a text, I have to respond. Well, who says we have to respond right away? There's right. all this pressure we put on ourselves where it's like, no, you could get a text and nothing says you have to respond right away. Like, if it's not life yeah. or death, it's, we all just need to relax sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's just to your point, like a very generational, generational thing. And I'm trying to, you know, be less reactionary because I, when I have time to marinate on it, the response is often way better than my, mm-hmm. you know, one liner reactionary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to, youth, social media, give us the tips. Cause I know a lot of moms listen and I have this, I'm struggling cause you know, my, my daughter's only 10, but it's like, she doesn't have social media or anything like that, but she wants me to get TikTok because she likes playing with her friends. Who's it's just her mom's it's on private. It's all, it's like one of those, it's all good, safe and all that stuff. But I told her, I'm like, one, I know I'd be addicted. I don't need you. But then it's fun and that's how kids connect. And now with the pandemic, like my kids are on devices mm-hmm. so much, but that's how they're talking to their friends. So as you know, it's easy when before you have kids or when your kids are young, because I've had, I speaking from my own experience, it's so easy to be like, my kids aren't getting this until, I mean, I would have said a year ago, like my kids won't even know what TikTok is. And, you know, and now here they are like my, my daughter and you know her friend are like doing it a little learning the dances and I'm not gonna lie it's so cute when they do like a little not inappropriate dance you know yeah so whoa yeah just all of that (laughs) and then I'm trying to do it and I'm showing my age and everything (laughs) but it's just such a dilemma it's like I said it's so easy when they're young and the world and just be like oh it's all or nothing we're not gonna do it but there's that little, you know, and so I feel like the obvious things are, you know, oh, you wait till they're older and things like that. But what are your thoughts on that whole thing with social media and kids? Yeah, and I think, I think social media right now is such a, it's woven into every piece of fabric in our culture that ignoring it or pretend like it doesn't exist or pretend like kids aren't talking about it when they absolutely are, Um and I'm not a parent, right? So I'm not here to give like parenting advice or any of that. Yeah. But from a social landscape, like it is very interwoven into everything. TV shows, there's a hashtag for TV shows, right? Like people are talking about, example, The Bachelor on Twitter, like during commercials. Like it's such a part of our culture, good, bad, or otherwise, mm-hmm. that you're doing uh, a disservice by pretending it doesn't exist. But at the same time, really do your due diligence and looking at who is this platform really for? What type of content is on there? And I think, um, and know that, <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I had this happen too. When I got it at the dot coveted dot edu email address for Facebook, I could not wait, could not wait to join. And then as soon as like my mom can join, my grandmother could join, my nephew could join, like it became less awesome. So then if you notice the generations kind of pop over to different socials because it gets adopted by the older generation. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, no, this is our place to hang out, which is like where TikTok Mm -hmm. is being very territorial in that Gen Z 
and you know that millennials are like surprise shorty i'm here exactly that's a tiktok reference right yeah and like we're owning it you know we're like we've been doing this dance (laughs) i can do this all day you know like that's called the macarena we've been doing it um it's fine um but you're cute to think that it's a tiktok dance right so it's you know i'm not better i'm not better not bitter uh, at all. Not bitter <laughs> at all. I know. I just heard you. I'm like, wait, are you saying that it's my duty to save the youth by invading their platforms and doing their dances to show them how non-cool or cool it is, whichever way? Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that's, you know, like it's important to, you know, social media can be for everyone. It's just important to know as like a parent or someone that has a younger person in their life that they want to be on TikTok. They're, you know they need to be able to handle what's on the other side of the screen um, because TikTok is pretty wild, wild west um, in a lot of ways. That's why I feel like Instagram reels feels like the mom version. Like yeah. it's like, feels just like a little bit more, I don't know. It's a little bit that. more like um, closed off or like in a, mm-hmm. like a little bit less like wild yeah. Like, and because it's because the like, teens and the Gen Z's are on TikTok doing all their <laughs> They're shenanigans. Fleeing. They're playing right? it. So, you know, I, I always say tread lightly, but uh, you know, if your kid's like, I want to be on TikTok, don't just be like, yeah, go for it. Like you log in, you see what's yeah. going on there. And then you can make that decision for your child of whether they can handle that or not. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm a big proponent of like, let them be young. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, being that I teach dance all the time, like I always say like these seven-year-olds are seven going on 27 and it terrifies me. Like I used yeah. to have a blog about it and everything like pop oh, culture yeah. and, um, how girls are growing up so incredibly fast yeah, and TikTok is kind of making yeah. it well, like, like faster. Yeah. When I see little kids and like doing not, I don't even mean mature dancing, like the inappropriate mature dancing. I just mean even like certain skills. So it's almost like, oh, you know, the pictures where it's like me at 13 and now yeah, girls at 13. It's like, exactly. Ah, I was yeah. like, yeah, not thinking about that stuff. And, yeah. um, and that's, like you said, we can't, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's a hundred percent. Like, yeah, it's in, in, right, right on. I mean, I was awkward, had braces, but like, I'm sure I could move like that, but I didn't know how to move like that. Cause I wasn't in my face all the time. Yeah. And I just had a thing the other day, the lyrics to the songs. And I I think I mentioned this. My I remember wanting to buy the Usher CD that had parental advisory on it when I was whatever age it was, you know, living at, you know, middle or high school. I don't remember. But my mom, uh, I'm not going to support an album that calls women. And I think she used the term. And I, of course, was like, mom, oh my gosh. And it wasn't until I was in my mid 20s that I even realized what the lyrics meant, you know put my hand in places I've never been. I'm screaming it at the top of my lungs and I'm like looking back like, oh my gosh, mom, that's so awkward. Yeah. Whatever my head. But all that to say now I'm looking at the, you know, if it comes in my reels feed, I'm like, and then the little late, like little girls, but I mean like 16 that don't look 16. And it's like, oh, I think this is what it means to be old because I'm clutching my pearls, I guess. And like, but you just worry, like for me, it's all the subliminal messages. And cause I look back and I'm like, oh, I, I, well, I didn't, I didn't have all this negative, but it's like, well, why do you think you have like body issues, like body dysmorphia issues and a level of perfection? It's like all that subliminal stuff that's coming through. But the thing is, is that 
it's not just for kids because it's us. Because I know for me, I post something and I like, is, is it making people happy? Is it is it resonating? You know, and I can fake it that it's like, oh, I need to make sure that, you know, my analytics and it's blah, blah, blah. But you peel all that crap away and it's like, no, I really just want to be affirmed by other people. Yeah. And if I, at my age, am dealing with that, how am I supposed to expect my kid or the kids, you know, that haven't even have fully developed brains, so much pressure for them. It's yeah. Social media, I think has made our whole world a lot more open, which is Mm -hmm. good and bad. It's good in that we are exposed to a lot more things, but it's bad because we're exposed to a lot more things. And being a kid, like we used to compare ourselves to like celebrities and, you know, that was like what we all like, you know, looked at but now it's like every day I have to air quote that. Cause I can't even like, like yeah. everyday kids that are just like, you know, if you're 16 and you're looking at a 16 year old doing whatever mm-hmm. on these social platforms or like taking these really pretty glamor shots and all of that. And you're like, I don't look like that. I don't look like that, but she's just like me. Right. Just and then like, like of, air quotes, just yeah, like, like me. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, that just perpetuates a whole nother layer of what you and I maybe experienced growing up. Cause yeah. we already knew like they're a celebrity. It's a little bit less attainable. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm never going to be JLo at 50. Like I would love to be JLo at 50, that but like, I will I'd, be, I'd like to be JLo now. Like, and I mean, I, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, she's 50 and looking fire. And yeah. um, that's something that I know is like not attainable because she's yeah. JLo. But if I'm looking at someone that's just my age, mm-hmm. what the heck? But that's why the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of the reality behind it, we were talking about dance before. And so I remember my daughter did the competition dance and we love the studio where we're at. My friend um, owns it. And one thing I loved is it sounds like similar with yours, like age appropriate, you know, like culture, everyone dance, like not perfection. I mean, that stuff. And then I went to this competition and it's like, oh, dang. But then what happened is, and my daughter was only like six or something at the time when she was doing it. Um, I don't even remember, man, the time flies up here. But anyway, I remember seeing all the other kids dancing. And if I'm being honest, I remember having this feeling of like, oh, my daughter is not that good. Like, I mean, she's only a kid, but like, there's that high achiever in you that's like, well, why aren't they as good as her? And I love my friend because she's so good about breaking it down. And she was like, you see those kids who are dancing like that, even if they're like the same age, they spend 40 hours in the dance studio. They have a private tutor. They're probably even home. If they're at that level, they're probably homeschooled. Yeah. And it was like, that was such a shift in my mind that it's like, wait, we're doing this for fun, for, you know, friendships and growth and all the things we talk about, you know, that you get from activities. Yeah. And it was like, I've taken that little lesson into like everything I do now. So when I see other people like killing it, you know, our first instinct is, comparison, getting into, we can't do that, boohoo. But then it's like, you know what, if they're investing all this time, they're to that level for whatever X, Y, Z reason. And like trying to remind the kids of that too, that like, this isn't just, they show up for dance for one hour a week. No. And And they're probably, they probably have been working on that routine for months, like, or a year. Mm -hmm. And so that muscle memory is on. (laughs) <laughs> yep. It's there. And then also, um, I have a friend, she always talks about, you know, I, I can't think how it's said, but someone said it's time invested in one area is time taken away from another. And it's, we so easily okay. compare, like, I want to be where that person is. Well, what things have they given up to be there? And are those things that you really want to give up? Like, I know for me, I, 
I thought I was like a turtle because I'm kind of slow, but I think I'm more like the hare and the turtle in the hare race, which is I sprint because like when the when I'm on it, like I'm on it, I want to, I have those ideas, but I really like just chilling. Like our, you know, I like just with my family, like sitting and watching a movie, like I'm mm-hmm. really good at that. And I keep, I was waiting. I feel like I'm just now finally feeling more comfortable, but it was like spending years thinking I need to be this super productive person that like is on this tight schedule and da, da, da. And then finally it's like, oh, I just don't think that's me. Like, that's okay. Yeah. So all of us finding our way. Absolutely. I'm, I co-sign that. You know, because you have to, and and it takes that level of self-awareness, right? Like, know, like, okay, I operate really well between the hours of 6 a.m. to, you know, 12. And after 12, my brain becomes garbage. So I have to do other things during that time. I'm glad to hear that because I used to say I'm not good at night. Like I used to say after eight. And then I was like, actually, it's like six. And then I've moved it to three, but if I'm really being honest, it's probably closer to one or noon. Like you're right. I just really am not. Like after lunch, it's kind of just a, a a spiral downward, but I can do like graphics at that time. Like if I'm writing something, it's not happening um, after, after lunchtime. Um, But it takes that level of self-awareness. And I don't know if a lot of people have that because again, societal norms are like, have this robust morning routine, Mm -hmm. like do this at night. Like, are you a night owl? Like, and that means because I get up early, I'm giving up some nighttime spent with my family who, you know, my husband's a night owl. He Mm -hmm. will stay up until one o'clock in the morning. I will not do that. I'm like, do that. It's nine 15. I'm going to head up. Uh, bye. You know, and it's just knowing yourself and knowing your workflow and being okay with that and leaning into that. Yeah. So as we wrap up, you are, as I said, you're an expert at the social media. You're an expert at getting people to be themselves online. So to close us out, what is your kind of overall message that you want to share for, you know, people to to be their authentic selves, whether in person or online? Ah, such a good question. (laughs) I would say, and I say this a lot is step out from behind your logo Put yourself out there. That means your face, put it out there, record a 30 second video talking about yourself or talking about a service that you offer, or just sharing a tip in your industry that people may not know. Just show up consistently for yourself because you have the duty to do that for your audience who needs what you have. Awesome. That's a great little pep talk. All right. So if people want to get in touch with you, where could they find you? Um, Osnapsocial.com is where you can find me and all of my social channels are linked there. If you want to see all behind the scenes, um, you can find me on Instagram at osnapsocialcarlin, K-A-R-L-Y-N. And final question, how did you come up with your name for Osnap? I'm, it's, this is like really random, but I'm actually really good at naming things. So nice. I, I, you know, did a brain dump and, uh, I found it. I was like, this sounds good. And it kind of gives that energy energy that yeah. I have behind my brand and it was available. So that's awesome. Yeah. I say that. Cause I remember saying that, Oh, snap a lot. Yeah. That nineties so. flair, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I always say like, is my age showing? This is my age showing, but now I figured out my side part is showing my age now too. Yeah. And skinny jeans, so, whatever. Yeah. And ripped jeans apparently, but I'm not doing really the ripped yeah, jeans, but well, <laughs> check out her reels. And you'll be real good at it. Thanks so much. Thank you. 
And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.